Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. We continue on in this series we're doing now called Vineyard Verses. Vineyard Verses, um, the idea behind this series is to work through passages of Scripture together um, that I believe are just really foundational to our Christian walk and to who we are and to what we're called to be. And uh, I'm working through them a verse at a time, and I'm encouraging you to memorize them. Just a verse at a time, and if you do that every week, over a period of time, you will have quite a few verses memorized, and you'll have these passages of Scripture that are just really important um, in the way that we walk through life. And remember, I've told you, if, you've, if you memorize Scripture, it's more available to you in the course of your day. Um, you know, certainly we, we need to get to our Bibles, and now we have electronic you know, devices that we can grab a hold of, but um, can't get to either one of those generally when you're driving. And uh, I find that I need Scripture all the time when I'm driving because that's my problem. So I, uh, I need to memorize. And, um, and so, you know, we've talked in these, in these passages. We looked and we started in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, talked about the throne room of God, getting a throne room perspective, and all that's taken place so that we have access to God and what that means, and laying that as a foundation for our lives because everything sort of, um, you know, depends on us understanding what that means and, and, and what's available to us. And it impacts the way we, we look in the world. And we, we shifted from there into Philippians 4, 4 through 8. And I said those whole, all those verses talk about, um, you know, walking this thing out every day. You know, we've got a throne room perspective. We get connected with God. You know, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, that's the Hebrews verses. And then we, we move into these Philippians 4 verses. And Paul says, you know, rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Uh, the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The peace of God that transcends all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm not going through it all, but you get the idea. So, so then that's sort of helping us to walk this thing out. And, you know, it, it should, it, we should look and think, you know, well, when I'm anxious, it means something's not right. If I'm worried, something's not right. If I don't feel particularly, you know, um, gentle, um, something's going on, and, and these things can help me to look, because these are the things that should be happening in my life as I walk this thing out with the Lord. So then, uh, last week I said I, I wanted to work the next two passages of Scripture I want to do. Um, I, I want to talk about our mission and our goal as a church. And most of you know our mission because I'm on it all the time, and I talk about our mission, and it's included in all our prayers. Our mission is one more. That's simple so you can remember it. One more lost child back to dead, all about one more. Things that we do are all about uh, helping people come to know Jesus. That's our mission. That's what drives us. That's our filter for what we should and shouldn't be doing. And it's all about one more. Our goal, however, I haven't talked about enough, so I'm going to start doing that more. And we'll look at another passage of Scripture for that in, in, uh, in a few weeks. But our goal is all in. Uh, and so I like things that we can remember. So it's one more all in. That's, that's what we're trying to get and have happen. All in means, you know, all in. Heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love God. Love your neighbor. That's the dynamic that's going on there. So we're working together in those areas. So this passage of Scripture about our mission of one more, and our purpose, is 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. And, and last week we talked about justification, and we talked about sanctification. Today I want to start talking about reconciliation. Reconciliation, what it means to be reconciled. And uh, this is a great topic. And uh, I, I, think you're, you're, I, I think when we get it, again, it changes everything. So, 
that's where we're heading in a minute. We're going to look in verse 18. Uh, this is a transition. I always do a bad joke here. I thought today, instead of a bad joke, I would give you some, some little tidbits of wisdom that you can carry with you that I, that I think might be helpful. All right, so here we go. So, uh, you know, I've really thought about this. And, and to me, there's, there's three kinds of people in the world. Those who can count and those who can't. So I thought that was way funnier. Some people are still getting it. All right, all right so here's another little, little wisdom. Don't use a big word where a diminutive one will suffice. Last, last. A conclusion is simply the place where you got tired of thinking. Yeah, it's a little wisdom. Sorry. I probably should have just done the middle one. <laughs> but now we've learned. But I probably will still continue to do all three just because. Scripture reading, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 20, 21. 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Uh, I've told you all in that, that verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, is where I, the reason that we go, be thankful for five things, encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to death. It's the 521 is coming right out of that verse, and it's sort of the highlight of our mission I believe. So we're working our way towards that. Today we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5.18. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now if you were reading along with me in, our, in that passage of scripture, this word reconciliation comes up an awful lot. It's a pretty important topic. And so we need to know what it means to be reconciled, what reconciliation is. So that's point number one, reconciliation. Reconciliation. What does it mean? One of my friends this week, we were talking about this, and he said when he thinks of that word reconcile, he thinks about a checkbook. Uh, and and because we have to reconcile a checkbook. And I, I get that uh, whole thing. But I, I don't know. Do people still reconcile their checkbooks? Because uh, now it's, you know, with debit cards, and there's a lot of other things going on. And I have to do mine on a spreadsheet. And personally, I keep track of mine all the time because I, I don't like the buildup. But his whole thing was, I like this whole point, um, to be reconciled when you get it. When, when, the che- when you reconcile your checkbook and you get it right, it feels good. When you don't get it right, it's really frustrating. Anybody here ever not been able to reconcile your checkbook? Yeah. And you're like, ah. But when you get it, it feels really good. So we think about that sometimes. When we think about reconciliation, I think that's really good. Um, and 
it'll help in the way that we look at things. But when we are looking at this right now, this idea of reconciliation, it, it means to exchange hostility for a friendly relationship. Reconciliation means to exchange hostility for a friendly relationship. It means to restore a, a friendship um, back into harmony, to, to, to get things, you know, back into harmony. Relationships are often broken, and reconciliation is needed to take what was broken and to mend it and to heal a relationship. And that's what God has done for us with him and us. Because um, God did something with the problem that we had, and that problem was our sin. Sin was at the root of our broken relationship with God. All of us had sinned, and it had impacted significantly our relationship with a perfect and holy God. And so those verses, I, you know, that God reconciled us to himself through Christ. Uh, in, in Colossians 1.22, Paul says it this way. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Now we talked some of this last week when we started talking about what it means to be justified. Just as if I had not sinned. If you were here, we talked about that. And what happens is that God chooses to see us as believers in the perfection of his son. And, and because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And, and this point, Paul makes this point over and over and over again because he needs us to let this sort of really get deep into our hearts because as we get it, it will impact us in ways that will impact the world around us. And so we, we need to talk for a moment about, this point number two, this, this reconciliation with God. What's happened, what's taken place, what it means and what our reaction to it ought to be. In, in Romans 5, 9 through 11, Paul says this. Since we have now been justified by his blood, we talked about that last week, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we can also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I don't know if you've ever noticed how often that word pops up and what a big deal it is, but it's a significant word for us to understand and to embrace in our lives. And what was going on there, and we sort of talked about some of this last week, but in Romans 5, 9 through 11, you know, verse 9 points out that, that all of us had sinned and so have sinned, so we're all at odds with God. In effect, you know, we, we have sin and he had wrath. Um, and, and verse 9 talks about being saved from God's wrath. And verse 10 talks about a time when we were all enemies of God, but something's changed to impact that. And what happens in verse 10, it says, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. So what happened was... Jesus came and willingly took our place on the cross. And he died paying for all of our sin. He defeated death and rose again. So when Jesus came, the Son of God, and, and died for our sins, he took into himself um, all of the enmity that God had against us, all of the separation, all of the problems, everything that was going on. Jesus took all that on in himself. And, and as I said, now God sees us in the perfection of his Son. So God has done everything that was needed for reconciliation to happen. 
got to get that down. God did everything that was needed for reconciliation to happen. All that's left for us to do is what's going on there in verse 11. When it says this, is to receive the reconciliation. Verse 11 says that's it. It's to receive this reconciliation. We don't perform for it. We don't earn it. We don't work for it. We don't suffer for it. We don't pay for it. We receive it. We receive reconciliation. And so receiving reconciliation means experiencing God as reconciled and friendly and personal and present and helpful and satisfying. I want to read it again. To receive reconciliation means that we begin to experience God as reconciled. It means that, that he's reconciled to us. He's, he's friendly. He's personal. He's present. He's helpful. He's satisfying. It means more than knowing that in Christ your sins are forgiven and that you have eternal life and that he's working all things together for good. It means more than knowing that. Receiving reconciliation means you enjoy it. Namely, it means you enjoy God. And, and I know that might sound simple, but it's profound. Because I meet people all the time who, who sort of like the idea of everything I'm talking about. They like the idea of having their sins forgiven. They like the idea of eternal life. They like the idea that, that God's working things together for good. But, but when you sort of talk with them and, and, you know, experience time with them and everything, they don't really seem to enjoy God. And I think they're missing the, the biggest and best part. That it means that we're reconciled to him. We should enjoy him. You should enjoy this relationship we have with God. It shouldn't make you all know oh, these are this is hard, you know, it's really hard to walk this thing out. This is a tough life. No, it's the best deal in the universe. There's nothing better than what we have in Christ. Oh, we come and he forgives us our sin and he promises life and he says, you're reconciled to me and we can have relationship now and forever and he sees us already in the perfection of his son. I, I, I know people don't get that. That's how he sees you already. And you go, yeah, I'm a big mess. It doesn't matter. He sees you in the perfection of his son and the Holy Spirit's working in you to change you but, but he's empowered you to be changed and there's a process for it and it's not the hardest. It's an amazing life. There's nothing like it. You, you can't find a better deal. There's not one out there. And, and, and what should happen is, as this begins to settle on us, we should begin to enjoy this life. And there's far too many people that don't enjoy it. Oh, so now what do I got to do? I'm like, what do you Nothing. He did it. Oh, yeah, no, there's got to be some stuff. No. <laughs> you just receive it. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to have to, no, no, just let it happen. Oh, yeah, but no, no, it's, it, you have to go through, oh, no, there's got to be, no, there's nothing. Well, what about all the stuff that you do? I do it because I want to, because it's a kick, because I, how about this? I get to hang out with God. He's my friend. He considers me his friend. How could you ever get a better deal than that? He's the one that created everything, and yet he knows me so well, and he literally wants to hang out with me. How could you, how could, and it's like, me, really? He wants to hang out with you. Really. 
it's, it's, it's amazing. And, and it, we should enjoy it. It's not a burden. You, you don't remember Jesus saying, That's, come to me. All that you are burdened and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you life. Because I've already done all this stuff. Just come and hang out with me. And, and then by the Spirit in you, you won't want to do all the mess you were doing, and things begin to change. See, that's the process. And, and it's this enjoyment of God that people need to see. And it's what they don't see. Too often when they meet people that, that are supposed to be in relationship with God, what they think is, oh, look at all the rules, and they come in fing, you know, finger point and they tell them how bad they are. Instead of seeing a people that are just like, wow, this is amazing. It's almost like you want to go, and see, that's, he's come, coming up to what we're supposed to do. We start to get this whole thing, and he says, well, th- you have this, this ministry of reconciliation. I'm giving it to you. I'll talk about it in a minute. And then you have this message of the good news. And when it settles on you, you, can almost, you almost want to go, you, you, you're not, you, people that don't know, you're not gonna, you probably won't believe this, but God wants to be in relationship with you, and he's done all the hard work already. And really, all you got to do is receive it. It's... And there's nothing like it. See, that's point three, is the ministry of reconciliation. Next week, we'll talk about the message. So we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. That's our thing. Verse 18. All this is from God. The justification, the sanctification we talked about, this whole process of reconciliation, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And so what that means is this reconciliation with God, this enjoyment of God is available to whoever will receive it. It's an amazing deal. Oh, well, now look, now he's given us a ministry. I told you there was a catch. (laughs) How do you take on that ministry? You just start to enjoy God. That's it. Oh, no, no. No, you, you enjoy God. And as you enjoy God, things start to happen. That's how it works. It's just amazing. And, you know, he made this reconciliation possible by sending his son to bear our sins. And then he, he gives us a role in the reconciliation process. It's there for us. And, and it's, again, it's the most enjoyable thing you'll ever pick up. There's, there's nothing like it. Telling people about Jesus, there is nothing like, oh, no, that's it. It's not, you just live this thing out, and when you get opportunities to tell people about Jesus, there's nothing like it. This, this ministry... It means, the word ministry means, it means functioning in the interest of a larger public or service or office. And all of us are called to be ministers in God's ministry of reconciliation. But it's just a fancy term for beginning to live out this life in the enjoyment of God and watching what happens. And that's what people need to see, that, that you enjoy God. And let me say, if you're not enjoying God, you, you, you need to... Start thinking about what this looks like, what it means to be reconciled. One of my other friends said to me this week when he thinks about being reconciled, he sees reconciliation as a blanket, and the blanket's Jesus. And we get wrapped in this blanket, and that's how God sees us. And I love that because I love a blanket because my my wife needs the house to be really cold all the time. I should say one of us in my house needs it to be cold all the time. It's like freezing in my house. And I am always wrapped in a blanket at night because I need it. And, and, and then I have that picture of how cool is that? That's what this is. You know, it's this, it's this, it's Jesus, it's this reconciliation we're wrapped in. And that's how God sees us. And it's enjoyment. So 
That's enough to think about this week. Think about it. What it means to be reconciled. We, we've gonna, we're going to be going a verse at a time, and this word keeps popping up, so we're going to talk about it more. And next week, we'll talk about the message. But, but think about what it means to be reconciled, what it means to you, and, and what it should mean to you. And that receiving reconciliation should result in you enjoying God because he enjoys you. And, and that's what we need to be looking at. That's what's going to impact the world around us. That's the big deal. So that's good for me. Think about that. If you're watching my video, appreciate you doing that. If you need prayer, go to our website, and there's a place for you to put uh, prayer requests, and we will pray for you. And uh, we hope to see you soon. And... Uh,